You're listening to New Dogma Z. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. It's NDZ Live. How you doing? <laughs> I'm a little bit of a sore head today. Just mm. a little bit. Why's that? Uh, well, we had a good time at the Featherstone Flamingos uh, Black History celebration last night. It was a good time. It was a good time. You the- put on a very nice set. By the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my beat matching is not what it used to be, but I at well, least you're picked 15 good years out of the game. Yeah, that's true. I'm an old man now. I'm yeah. not a young man Give anymore. Give it some time, you'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, old dog, new tricks. New dog, old tricks? I don't know. It all uh, works. Yeah. New dog, muzzine. Yes, there we go. And tricks. And all the tricks. All the tricks. Uh, I, this is Andrew. I'm here with Grant. How you doing? Mitch is here as well. Yep, howdy. We are joined today by two of the new boys. Uh, midfield bosses of Ford Madison Football Club, uh, Moro Chichero. Is it Chichero or Chichero? Chichero. Chichero. And Aiden Macias. 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 Yeah. I was going to say, you know that your last name is an anagram for A. Messi. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just found out today myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, that's pretty much, we have Messi on our team, pretty much. That's what that means. Yep. That's what that means, right? Yep. Yeah. Love, so, transference. Same expectations, no. Yeah. <laughs> Lock it in. Yep. World Cup winner, Aiden Messias. I'll just try to get the booth tomorrow. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for joining us today. Uh, it's always special when we have new guys uh, in the team come on our show. Absolutely. Um, I think so far we've we've only had players that like uh, because we started this last summer doing these recordings right and then we went um as i was explaining tomorrow before we got on uh we kind of did as we went through the season we had to get guys that were coming back yep and so we got nazim uh we got mitch yep um uh, we were with eric until he moved on forward to uh, uh the fire yep. uh and um until yeah broke our hearts broke our hearts into a million pieces yeah but now it's uh, it's nice that the guys are showing up, and so we're going to be able to yeah. get um, some different guys onto the show. Yeah, so hopefully today we will learn some things. One of the reasons why we do this podcast uh, is so that fans can get to know some of the club staff and these players and, and maybe get a little to know them a little bit more as people and not just as footballers. Um, so that's kind of the general idea behind this. So hopefully mm-hmm. that is actually happening because mm-hmm. uh, that's our goal. Um so yeah, why don't we get right into it? That's it. Uh, all right. So we, like I said, we've got a list of questions for you guys. Um, we'll start out with um, we'll start out with both. Um, how how are you settling into Madison? Take it away. Oh, it's been great. Um, I've been here for about three weeks now, and. Um, you know, you kind of, when I first was looking into signing with the team, obviously I like to research the city that I'm coming mm-hmm. into. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, number one thing was the cold. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little bit of an adaptation process, right. but definitely the worst part is when <laughs> your windshield is just frozen over and it oh, takes yeah. a good it's five to ten minutes to get going. It's worse. Um, but yeah, no, it's been great. People are very welcoming. Um, the guys on the team are great. And I feel like we have a very good dynamic here. I'm so. sure Mitch has told you that this weather that exists now mm-hmm. will not be here in the summer. 
that it will be very hot and very humid in the summer. I have been promised that, so <laughs> I will be yeah. keeping we that. Have, we have the worst weather mm. over here. It's not like Texas hot, though. No, it's not Texas hot. Or humid. Well, we don't have any depending, depending, either. So yeah, depending cool. on where you are in, in Texas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Because if you're over by Houston, then you have the hot, warmer. humid stuff. Right. But yeah, if you're in right. that, like Dallas or in West Texas, it's all dry heat. Yeah. So, but you grew up. In, I grew up in Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Yeah, so um, not too bad there. It's just more dry heat. But Where in Oklahoma did you grow up? Uh, Norman, Oklahoma. Oh, so, so north of Oklahoma City. It's south. South, south uh, that's south. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. where, where the OU is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, I was thinking of Edmund. Edmund, Edmund is north. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. um, but no, being the last three years in Charleston, I don't think I've experienced more humidity there oh, yeah. than anywhere else. So. It's a swamp. Definitely going to be an upgrade here, so I'm excited yeah, for it. Exactly. Yeah. There's legitimately a national park that is a swamp maybe an hour away from there. Also, the, the nation's capital yep. is built on a swamp. Yep. There we go. Yeah. Aiden, how about you? How are you settling into town? I'm, I'm so a little bit jet-lagged. I came here, what, last week, and it's, it's cold. It's Baltic. I just... I, just, I don't understand it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like how we use the term Baltic. Baltic, mm. yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very proper <laughs> London term. <laughs> what, what was the what was the uh, the weather in London when you left? Um, phew, unpredictable. Well, it, it always is. Yeah. But like, temp- got- like temperature-wise. Oh, compared to here? Yeah. yeah. Hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over there, it's still cold. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's what? Oh, you guys use Fahrenheit here. You can use Celsius. What was Celsius. Yeah. I'll say... I'll say like five, six. Yeah. 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 So it's probably in like the 40s, like 40, de- 40 degrees. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Light jacket. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Light exactly. jacket, you know, pair of tracky pants. Yeah. You just have to go. But I'm sitting here minus. So. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when I saw you get out of the truck today, I was just like, you were just in a hoodie and I'm just like, yeah. Mystic. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get this man a coat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Aiden, uh, tell us a bit about your upbringing and your family. My upbringing. Um, I'd say so. My dad's German, so it's my up my upbringing was quite yeah German based. You have to do everything this way, this way, this way. Yeah. Very, te- very technical. Yeah, yeah. Be, be on time. Do everything properly. Hundred percent. Machine. Yeah, literally. The machine. The machine, yeah. and no, that's how it's been my whole life, really. Yeah. Yeah, and then I got my. I guess my mum's side of the family. She's from an island near. Australia called East Timor mm-hmm. and um, they got colonised by Portugal so I get my fun side from my mum yeah. <laughs> so yeah Lucy Goosey over that side yeah. and then dad's side machine do, yeah. you, do you think like part of the the Lucy Goosey side was is in a quiet rebellion against like that machine like you know and like having to do things this way and 100% yeah <laughs> my, my dad hates it yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't want to rebel against their parents a little bit at least, you know? Yeah, that's why we're recording Head from Alert. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, uh, Morrow, so you mentioned you grew up largely in Oklahoma, but you were born in Venezuela, Correct. Uh, lived in Spain for a while. When did you live in Spain? Um, so that's the thing. It's like saying I grew up largely in Oklahoma. I, I always get confused, or not confused, just kind of... I don't know what to say exactly sure. because it kind of spent, you know, four or five years after I moved from Venezuela um, in Oklahoma, and then I moved to Spain with my mother, um, and I was kind of there mostly in my formative years, would probably like nine to 15, 16, so yeah. I do have a lot of that Spanish culture in me, 
Um, and then I moved back to Oklahoma when I was 16. Okay. So kind of moving around a lot, but um, I've always enjoyed it. I, I feel like it shows me a lot of different cultures and how, you know, if, if you have a lot of different experiences, it can really shape you in a good way. Without yeah. getting too far into it, why the move back at 16? Uh, the reason we moved to Spain initially was uh, my mother had kidney failure, mm-hmm. so she needed a transplant, and the only person covered by insurance at that point was my dad when we moved from Venezuela, because he had a job. Um, yeah. So my mom, her dad's Spanish, and so if we went over there, she could get it for free. Um, so we moved over there. She was doing a little bit better, but then she just always had a little bit of health issues, so she ended up passing away. And my Sorry. dad was still in Oklahoma, so it made the best you know, the most back. sense to, I could have stayed in Spain because my sister was older and my yeah. grandmother was also there. But in terms of getting the best education and opportunities, it just made sense to come back to, to yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, Aiden. Sorry. Uh, so your dad, well, I, I guess this could be for both of you. Hmm. Both of your dads were footballers at a pretty high level. Um, and Mauro, your brother's either were or both are current professional players, yeah? Um, did that create high expectations for you playing the game? Uh, for, I don't think my... Nah, my dad didn't get to the highest of levels. He did play football, but it wasn't it wasn't a high, high league. Okay. And there was, there was no pressure for me at all. He just wanted me to enjoy the game, really. Yeah. yeah. That's about it. It wasn't like he was like, yeah, you're going to play soccer. You're going to play football. This is what you're going to do. He was like, if you want to play this and enjoy it, it's great. If not, it's yeah, he, he literally, he said, if you want to take it serious, we'll take it serious. If you don't. That's cool, too? Mm, yeah, that's cool, too. Cool. cool. Yeah. What about you, Mar? You know, um, growing up, my dad was also a coach, so I, that's kind of how I got introduced to soccer. Um, so he would basically pick me up from school, and then we would go to, he coached at NIA College in Oklahoma. And so I was kind of always around it. And then at that time, my two brothers were kind of like in the prime, like, mm-hmm. you know, coming, you know, 23, 28. So when they were with the national team, we would watch all those games. Um, so I think it just cre- it created a positive environment for me to like it without yeah. having the pressure. Yeah. Like, it's not easy to make it regardless. So I think my dad did very well with that. He was always trying to give me as many opportunities as possible, but with my decision to be the the most important one so i just think it was it was just a great environment for me to to grow up in cool that sounds great yeah very excellent so um aiden i'll ask you this question um how did you come to find yourself at charlton qpr um you know and the other part about that it's like being in academy you know in england is a thing like and I think a lot of people that you know are fans here or the, you know that live here may not understand what that means. So, how did that process happen, and what was it like, you know, being a part of those academies? Um, I'd say it was, it was quite a lot of it had to do with my dad. Yeah, he done the right research to get me to the proper Sunday League club. Who had the connections to at the time that Sunday League club actual soccer had a connection with Charlton. Yeah. So then I went to, um, oh yeah, the, the, my actual soccer coach sent me to Charlton, went on trial, done my thing, happened to get a contract. and um, How old were you when that happened? I was eight. You were eight? Eight, eight years old, okay. yeah. So under nines to under twelves, I was at Charlton. Okay. 
got dropped. And then I remember I was, oh, it was on my dad's birthday, bro. Can you believe it? Yeah, they, dro- they dropped you on your dad's birthday. Yeah, what a present. Oh <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. And then Love you, Pop. <laughs> <laughs> my dad told me, no stress, you're good. We'll get you another club. Went back to the same uh, same Sunday league team, actual soccer. And then uh, my dad managed to get me to QPR. Yeah. Trial again, got signed. And then, yeah, just stayed there till first year pro. What was it like being a QPR? Because, you know, being close to Fulham, it's like I can't like QPR that much. <laughs> <laughs> but as I've, I have always maintained, and you know this, mm-hmm. Loftus Road is... In my opinion, it's one of the most beautiful. Oh, it is. You know, it it's is. one of the most beautiful pitches and just parks that there are. No, you know, it, it's just gorgeous. And when we've said that when we make our trip back to London, that's like we gotta go. That's one of the spots we're going. Yeah, we gotta go to yeah. La- we gotta go to Loftus Road. No, definitely. Everything's just so. It's like a family. You only play with one ball, like unless it gets booted out of the stadium. Yeah, the fans will throw it back in, and then like. You get if you're in the, like on the front row, yeah. you can literally hand the ball to the to the players for a throw and type thing. Yeah, yeah. But QPR, you know, pretty much molded me like throughout my developing careers. Like my all my coaches there, grateful and yeah, they pretty much them and my pops. Yeah, like pretty much made me the player who I am today. Excellent. And then I got to shout out my mom at the food. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you miss it, man. <laughs> Do you miss it? I have to cook here. Right. Yeah, that's all right there. Yeah, so one one of the things that I read about you before you, like right after you signed for, for Madison was that <clears throat> during the academy, uh, you you got your college education. So you have your degree in physical education. Mm-hmm. Is that something that like, you know, you were just interested in, in the physio physiological aspect of that or is it like you want to work with with kids or or do that kind of work eventually once you, once you're done playing uh it was it wasn't really a choice it was a um, it was part it's part of the scholarship that you get oh, sure. so yeah so after after your secondary school and you go into full-time football they, from 16 to 18 they did make sure you have an education just in case as a backup right. so it wasn't it wasn't a choice. I just, it was you had to do. It's part play. of the deal. Yeah, part yeah. of the deal, yeah. literally. Yeah. So yeah. So, Moral, when you when you came back to the states at sixteen, any culture shock at that point? I mean, it's like you've been spending time in Spain. Like you said, your formative years are nine to fifteen. Yeah. Are in, are in Spain, which is a very very different cult, you know culture, a very different social right. structure, right? As opposed to, and then you go to. Oklahoma. North Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, not just socially, but also f- uh, soccer wise as well. Yeah. You know, um, like a funny story I always kind of tell is I remember the first couple weeks of school, you know, you're a sophomore in high school. There's a lot of not, not bullying, but like, you know, there's a lot of shit kid. going on. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah. first thing I like, you never want to take any shit from anyone. Right. Obviously. Right. So, don't be a bitch. Remember, is, uh, I was in a class and this kid was like, where are you from? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Venezuela, you know? And he goes, oh, you're a foreigner. So, like, I didn't learn the word foreigner because I was in Spain when usually when, you know, you get taught that that word. And yeah. so I didn't know if it was some sort of, you know, negative connotation for, yeah, know. for a foreigner, I guess. And I remember I, I got home from school and I was like, dad, like, 
you gotta let me know because tomorrow I might you know we might have some problems at school if he if he was being you know if he was being racial or something yeah. and so I was like what does foreigner mean and he goes my dad's foreign too so he doesn't like his English is very broken like yeah. um, and he was like I honestly don't know either so we went home and we asked my stepmother and she starts dying laughing and she's like no that's just what you call someone that's not from the states yeah um, so definitely like things like that I had to get accustomed and at you know sophomore year you're like you're not very secure of yourself or sure no. of yourself yet like so. I said there's a lot of shit going on a lot of shit um, <laughs> so it was definitely a culture shock, but um, it, it went well. It was a smoother. It was harder on the soccer side for sure, because in Spain it's all with the ball. You know, it's mostly attack first, technique based uh, stuff like that. Um, a lot less running. Yeah. So when I'm coming here and and I was playing the ten uh, at that time, you know, the, the amount of defensive work that I was having to do, I wasn't used to it. Box, so I was box. was not enjoying it at all. Yep, I was a ten too, and I'm like, yep, box, yeah, box, box, to box, and. Yeah. Um, I remember when you know uh, junior year came up, kind of when you start doing getting recruited by colleges and stuff like that. Um, I was telling my dad, I was like, I don't want to play like in college. Like I'm not enjoying it now. Why would I want right. to continue? And this is after being the two time Gatorade. This is like, we're kind of getting in that in that yeah. era, you know. So things were going well on the pitch. I just I wasn't enjoying it. So like yeah. to me, if I'm not enjoying something, I will never do it regardless. Yeah, um, and so he said, you know, no problem with that. Like I will always. You know, I'll, you know, we had enough money for him to pay for it, but he's like, if you don't bring back a 4.0 a semester, the next semester you're going to pay for your college. And I really started thinking hard, how much did I dislike soccer? Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the prices of colleges and stuff, and I was like, I could never, you know. You're I, like, I, I, I mean, rather not go to school. Yeah, right, I So, luckily, I think it was a way of him knocking some sense into me without saying, like, you're making a mistake. Some good fathering right there. Some good fathering. Um, So, luckily, a story that is not really well known is I committed to Tulsa University. Yeah. And they're in the same conference as SMU. Yeah. And, but I just went to the school. They offered me a good scholarship. I liked it. I was like, okay, I'm close to home. So, my dad could always come to the games and stuff. And then I got a call from the assistant from SMU. He's like, just come take a visit. So I went down to Dallas yeah. and just <laughs> just fell in love with the campus. I mean, it's in a very affluent area. Of very Dallas. affluent area, yeah. you know. It's a um, nice area of Dallas. There's, yeah, a lot of good things just going around there for an 18-year-old. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> we had to make a tough call to the coach at Tulsa, but, and he was not very happy, but it was – at the end, I thought it was the best decision for me. Beautiful scenery. In that beautiful, area. beautiful scenery. <laughs> not, not just the campus. Uh, so yeah, that's the coaches are. Birds, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, he's learning. He's learning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely like a lot of difference in cultures. But yeah. um, I now I think it taught me a lot of good things, and and it developed me as a player that I needed these sort of things that I didn't have yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, that actually worked out pretty well for you, too, because you go to SMU, you have your career at SMU, mm-hmm. and you end up getting drafted Correct. by Dallas. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it, it did was, you know that that was kind of going to happen? Like, did they talk to you? Like, um, A little bit. I I knew of some other teams because I had trained with some other teams in the summer before my senior season, yeah. and it had gone well. Um, the problem is I did tear my ACL going into the draft, yeah. so things kind of changed Did you there. tear your ACL once in college? Once in college and then once in Charleston. 
Same knee or different knees? Different knees. Okay. So, so now we're all, we're so all the, equal So again. you're the bionic man from like the knees down. Do you make like that cool noise like the bionic man did like the 10th, like when you no, 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 when you jump? We definitely, definitely need a little WD-40 in the knees a little bit. There you go. Yeah, what was it like trying to come back from injury not once but twice? You know, definitely um, you you learn to not take health for granted because yeah. you know an injury like that you just never know if you'll go be able to play professionally again. Did so, you? Did you? When you injured your knees, were they on two different types of plays, or were they just you know were they kind of were, freak freak accidents? Or one was a collide with a keeper. He kind of left the rebound, and I went to go finish it. Kind of like the goal I scored in the scrimmage the other day. Yeah, like he, <laughs> yeah. Made, he made a mistake, and when you make a mistake, you kind of yeah. you know, try to make. And so he kind of just you dove. Clean it up. Yeah. yeah, so um, it was kind of like that. He kind of just dove into the side of my knee, unfortunately, and and then the other one was just kind of in training. I was just sprinting straight to go defend someone, and they kind of cut inwards, and I kind of tried to turn and. So non-contact on that one. So, yeah, man. Um, was it was it difficult, like seeing, kind of like wondering wh- what's going to happen with my career? You know, like did it did it f- sow any seeds of doubt in you, or did you know, like in the back of your mind, I'm going to come back from this? Yeah, yeah. It was like the second one. Was it easier to come back from? The second one was definitely way easier. The first one was very tough. Um, just I wasn't healing very well, and I yeah, also the, the kinda, mental aspect of everything. Yeah, yeah, kind of also got paired, unfortunately, with uh, my dad passing as well. So it's just kind of like a very dark moment in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when the second one happens, the first thing you think about are those negative, um, you know, just like another negative situation. Yeah. But reliving the trauma almost. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so, but since you kind of already went through it, you know that like what should feel right, what shouldn't feel right. So when I'm doing the recovery process, it was a lot easier mentally for me. Um, and I, I try to take pride in learning from negative situations mm-hmm. in my life. So I think it teaches you a lot in those moments, one, how, how you are as a person truly, yeah. and also the amount of support and how lucky you are to have that. Yeah. Like all my family and friends were always yeah. there. Um, and the clubs that I was at also helped me as much. So it's, yeah. it just feels really good to get that support in those yeah. moments. Uh, Aiden, so Ford Madison is not the first stateside club that you played for, right? Mm. You were at Hartford last season? I was in Hartford in 2020. Okay. Yeah. How, how was the experience there? And that was during the COVID season. Yeah, that was, that was in the COVID season. So bizarre. Yeah, we had our little like World Cup based, like little regions here and yeah. there. So we only played like four clubs. So I, I didn't really get to experience traveling in America right. at, at all, really. Like, literally, I just managed to see New York. Then yeah. when we got back the next day, meeting, boom, everyone has to be in quarantine, no one can chill. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't really get to experience America, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably flew in to New York, right? To when? When you, were, when you flew into New York and then went to Hartford from... Oh, no, no, no. So I flew to Connecticut. Yeah. And then we took the... So stayed a week with the boys. Then we said, oh, yeah, we had weekend off. Yeah, went to New York. We went to New York. It's, it's right across the... Yeah, we yeah. just took a train there. Yeah, it's right across the bay. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah. And so... It was like February 2020, right? Yeah, yeah it's literally. like and then everything shut down. Yeah, literally. Right. So luckily I got to experience so it. So you were probably just in like that whole little area of Connecticut right there with like Hartford, Bridgeport, and like, you know... Literally. Yeah. Literally. So it was, yeah, it was, 
I mean, even though <laughs> it's not great, but it's, yeah, it's not great. But yeah. we, I did build great, great relationships with some yeah. of the players. Yeah. Did any of that like have any type of bearing when it came to coming coming here? I mean, because you went back mm. to England, and you were over there, and then so what, like, how did it happen to like where forward Madison even oh, up so on, the, on the radar after uh, after Hartford? Uh, didn't there wasn't no extended contract or whatnot, so yeah, went back home, started grinding, just getting ready for the next season, yeah, for any opportunities to come. And then that's when I had my biggest injury so far, and then like I dislocated and broke my foot, yeah, and then I was literally out for during training, yeah, during training, yeah. but like by myself, yeah, which was just unlucky, and then. For a good eight months out of the game, then it was that was the year. So the whole of 2021, yeah, there was no, there was no, yeah, there was no football. Yeah, 2022, the beginning, uh, agent managed to sort out something in SSV. Um, that's when I went to Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what you did. Your dad play there? No, 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 no. My dad didn't. My dad didn't play there. Gotcha. But yeah, so I went there experience there was it was great enjoyed enjoyed every every single moment but yeah. it's these small things when you're in the change room right and they're speaking german just like they're laughing and all i have to do is just like smile and wave and right like, yeah. yeah hey guys yeah <laughs> <laughs> they can be absolutely right. clowning you you don't even nah, know. I, I, yeah. wouldn't know, I wouldn't know i wouldn't know and yeah. um and then from from then i was just like if i could come back to the states i would yeah, pitched out to my agent, and he said, "You know what? Cool." After that, after that season done, I just grand out, grand out, stayed, played non-league football in mm-hmm. England, and then hoping for a chance to come back to the states. And then, luckily, the gaffer gave me an opportunity, and I said, "Yeah, I'm not turning that down." Yeah, yeah. So I ended up here. I I read an interview with you that you did with somebody at, at Hartford talking about how you kind of came up playing in the cages. How did you, like, f- obviously you learn a lot. The pace of the game, playing in cages is a lot faster. It's a lot more physical. Hmm. How did that translate to your style that you play with now? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say I pretty much base my game of Iniesta. In the cages, I'm, I'm not really trying to get hit. Right. So I'm, I'm too sorry. I'll take a touch pass. If I have to beat a man, I'll beat the man. But... Yeah, literally in the cage, it can get rough, and I'm I'm not really trying to get hit, so yeah. I, I'm just trying to play in my pockets and spaces, mm-hmm. turn out, and give the ball to the big man. Literally, you you grew up in Camden Town. Right? I I grew up in Camden, yeah. Okay. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my my favorite pubs I've ever been to is in Camden. It's called the Elephant's Head. The Elephant's Head. Yeah. Ooh. It's on. It's on like the main road that runs uh, by the market. By the market. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. There's. Mm, uh, how can I explain it? There's a. There's quite a few. So yeah. Is it, is it on? If you're facing like the Camden Railway, <clears throat> um, sign, like would it be on the left side or the right? If you can remember. I think it's on the right. Um. I'll. I'll look it up real quick, but. I've had some late nights at that <laughs> pub uh, with with some Swedish fat uh, Arsenal supporters. Mm. Uh, that was fun. Um, 
But, yeah, Camden doesn't really strike. I, I, I mean, I just, I don't know, like, that area as far as, like, footballers mm. that come up through Camden. Is that, like, is that where you played in the cages? Was it in Camden? Yeah, literally, okay. literally. I think the best footballers to come out of Camden <clears throat> after me... <clears throat> <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. No, I think it, it would be Joe Cole. Joe Cole. Yeah, Joe Cole. Yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah, former Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, Joe Cole. Yeah. And West Ham. And West Ham. And Tampa Bay Rowdies. And Tampa yeah. Bay Rowdies. That is right. That's right. Oh. So that's very nice. Oh, yeah. This is. <laughs> so he's taking your job here. Like that's something I would expect from you. That's Mitch is our true. stats guy. It's the, yeah. It's yeah. And like. At some point in the season, he's going to throw out something to you that you didn't even know about yourself. I like that. Yeah. I meant to I ask him it. whenever he kind of said a couple of the, the things about me at that Q&A. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I meant to ask you yeah. if you did some research, what's my middle name? I probably... I probably should know that, but <laughs> I don't I don't want to seem like that much of a creep. Okay, that's a good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. I, do, I do a whole bunch of Wikipedia stuff okay. for the club, so that's, I mean... When you got signed, and I was on your Wikipedia page editing yeah. it. So. And would you say that you are more numbers based than you are like factual based, or are you a combination uh, of both? I definitely. When I was a kid, I was definitely more numbers based, but I think at this point it's more fifty-fifty. Okay. You know, yeah. like okay. you got You got to know the numbers, but you got to know. You got to know the man behind the numbers, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. I had a little question for for all of y'all yeah, together, because kind of like. The situation I was born into, like mm-hmm. my dad played and then yep. he coached, so it was easy to have a like a early passion for soccer. Yeah. So how did you guys come into, into you know having yeah. soccer? Yeah. Um, we've talked about this on other episodes before, but um, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, for myself, um, you know, I grew up. You know, I didn't have a family that you know had a lot of soccer mm-hmm. background, um, but it was something that. For me, it was in 1990 when the U.S. made the World Cup, um, and that was the first time they had made it in like 30 some years. Mm-hmm. And just watching it as a kid, I was kind of like, it was something new. And I've always been yeah. somebody that like had liked things that were weren't the mainstream, right? You know, and this was something new, yeah. and I was like, this is cool, and I got excited about that. And then when they had the World Cup in '94. Um, I was in that age. I was, let's see, in 94, I would have been 12. And so it's right in that age, 12, yeah. 12 or 13, right in that age when... Because yeah. the 94 was in the States, correct? Yeah. 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 And where, so, where was the 90 World Cup? Was that Italy? Yeah. Because uh, it's all the Italian 90 stuff, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I want to say... I want to say it was in Italy. Here, I'll look real quick here. That's where, that's where your dad's from originally, right? He's Italian, yes. From, yeah. From Genova. Yeah. In the north. Uh, let's see. 1990 World Cup was held uh, in Italy. Italy. Yep. And sounds right. So, yeah. That was, that's in 94 when it was here in the States. Mm-hmm. That's really when I kind of got bought in. Right. And then having that buy-in made me interested. But I remembered, like, as a kid when I was little being interested in like because at that point um i they would have some of sometimes the the old nas old games would mm-hmm. be on like you'd get like one game a week right and i'd <laughs> watch so hard to find and I'd, and I'd watch that game as a kid yeah. and a lot of times it was usually like on abc it was the cosmos because okay. um, pele played for him right you know or whatever and so um or there would be the, the la aztecs because george best played for him 
you know, or uh, who's the guy that from the Dallas guy that we were. That we oh did. yeah, I forget. I forget his uh, name. He's probably the most famous American soccer player back then. Yeah, Kyle something or other. Yeah, I I can't remember. Well, it'll come back to me. But anyways, mm-hmm. that was what it started with. But then for me, it wasn't until um, I got older, and then like I said, spending time over overseas and. Mm-hmm. You see the passion behind it right. and all the things that come come along with it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much sold at this. This is what I'm all about." And part of that is like my own culture, you know, coming from a very passionate Lebanese culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being around something where passion is so connected into everything that's happening, right? It makes it easy to attach yourself to that because you can identify with that. Yeah, you know, it's really easy to identify with that. And like I said, it was something for me that offered. A different way of being a fan like I was talking about before where mm-hmm. the American experience of being a fan is very much you go to the game you buy a ticket you buy some merch you cheer your team on you go home that's it right and you're a fan of the team right that's not the case overseas like mm-hmm. being a fan is more about like getting involved and doing things with your community and yeah. you know going out and being a part of creating a culture mm-hmm. and so that was what really appealed to Not me really. about soccer too and then playing as well um, as much as I did because mm-hmm. you, you mentioned that you played for the yeah. Dodgers right? so I played here uh, when I came back from London I was playing in cages playing with dudes coming out of academies and like you know it's like I equated to like imagine moving to New York and playing basketball at Rucker Park for two years yeah. your game's gonna get good and it teaches mm-hmm. you a lot you know you, you, if you want to continue to play you gotta right. you gotta improve yeah. and so when I came back um, I was friends with, I was working out with a, a guy who I didn't even know was the captain of the team at the time. And he was like, um, he's like, hey, um, I'm going to go run. You want to come out? And so I went and uh, did some pickup soccer and just was running around. I'm like, you guys are pretty good. And afterwards he was like, yeah, this is this is the team. You should walk on. And so I, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I walked on. You should play. Yeah. <laughs> so I walked on. Uh, so I walked on my last two years. And so, so soccer's always been yeah something for me. Where, um, you know, uh, and it just it's, I, lo- I played until I was in my forties, oh. and I got to forty, and I was kind of like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Because you get to the point where it's like, you know, I was playing in the league where it's like, you know, like I got to the over forty league, mm-hmm. right? And I've been playing at a high level to where it's like I'd been playing in the open league with like a bunch of twenty-year-old kids, but like I had always been a ten, and then I started to move back. And right. eventually, when I was playing left back because I'm a left-footed, mm-hmm. that's when I knew it was time to hang it up. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know, you know I'm, moving, I'm moving back here yeah. before you know. And so, um, but then I played. You know, my first game of over forty league. I think I scored three times within seven minutes, and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. It's not. Yeah, it's not the, as <laughs> competitive like, anymore. Yeah, and so. Again, in my 50s, who knows? Well, you know, I could still move around, still do it. Maybe I'll go back to it. But right now, I'm pretty happy just doing this stuff, just doing this stuff and being being close with this. Nice. So. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll keep mine very brief. Uh, yeah, I, I was working at the time with a guy who was on a summer work visa between years of school at the UW. And he dragged me down to watch uh, one of the 2002 World Cup games. To a bar, and I, I like I grew up playing soccer, but like I never like really followed it or watched it on TV. And just like the, I, I think for me it was a lot of it was just the passion, but also being able to kind of like growing up in Wisconsin, 
my my mom's whole side of the family is from Green Bay, so like indoctrinated from a very early Packers. age as a Packers Green fan. Bay but Packers. like, but like, I saw like at the time when I was growing up, you know, my my grandmother's like screaming at the TV, you know, red in the oh. face, like you know, seeing the the kind of tribalism that can be a part of sports. And like, I, at the time I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. But then as I got older and like realizing like, maybe I can like a different sport than like I grew up, you know, kind of being a fan of it and playing it. But seeing too, like these full, super full stadiums, that was like the world cup that was in, in Korea and Japan. And seeing these super full stadiums, elsewhere in the world and just realizing like wow this is way bigger than american football than basketball at the time because basketball wasn't really yet like they were kind of coming up still like yeah you had the dream team that had just happened so right. it was probably at the peak of yeah. where it was starting to really take Should off because yeah. in 92 i think you know you know you look at the the 92 dream team and there's mm. been documentaries about what they've done for the international game right because if you look at what the NBA is now, if you look at what the international game is now, yeah, a big reason for that is because of the Dream Team. Yeah, you know. But anyway, watching this World Cup uh, after it was over, I was like, you know, I was I was hooked. Like I was watching games on like my you know monitor at work while I was like at work like the days that there weren't because pl- like, we went on a weekend and yeah. I just went down to watch the game with him. Um, Did you go to Hawks. Yeah, yeah. That was the only place in town yeah. that used to show show games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I was like, once the tournament was over, I was like, what the hell? What do I do now? I was saying, and he's just like, oh, there's this whole club like <laughs> soccer yeah. thing like elsewhere in the world. So at the time, like he w- he was of course he was from France, so he's like, it you know the whole t- time the tournament's going, they they got knocked out in the first game, so he was like. I don't even care anymore. I don't even care about this World <laughs> Cup anymore because France is out. But Sounds French, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he was like, I was like, okay, so there's this club stuff going on. He's like, well, obviously the French team is the best and they all play for this club in North London. So like, I started following Arsenal after that World mm-hmm. Cup um, just because the French team at the time and the England team, they, they made it decently far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Um, did you have a player right away for Arsenal that like you latched on to oh it's Thierry Henry yeah 100% yeah like I mean him and Dennis Bergkamp so like the Netherlands didn't even make the tournament they got knocked out in qualifiers which is crazy given the talent that they had at the time yeah Um, like but to see You see guys like I, I saw guys that played like Will Tord and Henri and yep. like playing for France, and then I'm like, oh, they have this Bergkamp guy who's like, like arguably even better. Pretty good. But anyway, yeah, like that was my intro into watching the game, becoming a fan of a club. Like I've been over to yeah. London a bunch of times to cool. see games, like which is weird explaining that to people that live here in the states like right. why are you going to london <laughs> i'm going to watch soccer matches soccer, yeah. and hang out in pubs and drink like yeah. <laughs> it's great yeah and, but, <laughs> but people here don't amazing. understand yeah. that they don't yeah. understand like the sort of fan culture behind it um but that honestly is like that that whole like 
the neighborhoods and the the people and like kind of the the people that make up those fan bases or those clubs, especially in England. But I, it, it's like that everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the stories that are there and people that like, it's kind of the one constant on all these people's lives is like supporting their club. Correct. And having it be a real community-based thing. Because that's, that's the thing like you don't see a, you know when you're just watching the games. You don't see the community programs that a lot of these clubs have. Right. You don't see the the really good stuff that they're doing with the youth in their neighborhoods and their cities and like At least here you don't. Yes. Because over there over there like It's on, on all the time. On it's Sky the Sports papers, yeah. and, I, and in the BBC they talk about it as you know. Yeah. But that goes into what I was saying earlier about generally how right. fan culture is looked at here in the States. Yeah. Where it's very transactional. Right. It's very transactional. You buy the jersey, you go to the game, you get a hot dog and a beer, and, and then you, you go, go home. home. You yeah, don't think know. about it till right. the next week unless you lost, and then you complain about it. <laughs> on Twitter? <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> on Sports Talk Radio. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how I, I got connected with the game and kind of how we've tried to work on building yep. up the, the sort of fan culture around this club too is just trying to make it more relational and and sort of like people feel like this connectedness when they show up to matches and even outside of that anyway mitch before mitch goes i I did say too it's like there was a player that got me involved too um zenny didn't sit on oh yeah steve i mean when I, I mean when i when i was growing up i mean he was like the first guy i noticed he was like people ask me it's like because i love basketball and like Dr. J mm-hmm. was the first guy I kind of noticed, but it was like when Michael Jordan came in. Like I was like eight, yeah, eight or nine when Jordan hit the league. So I got to see Jordan grow up in, in the whole time. Jordan yeah. was he changed yeah. he changed how I viewed basketball. Right. Zidane was that for me. He changed mm-hmm. how I viewed soccer because mm-hmm. I was able to watch this game and like not know just becoming new to it and seeing this guy yeah. just dominate games. Right, like I knew this guy was special because mm-hmm. he could just you'd see it. He just his would, touch alone. He would just control games. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. So that too. <laughs> Sorry, Mitch. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, me. I'm very different. I played youth soccer up through middle school. I hit high. You know, I tried out for my freshman uh, high school team. Got cut. Uh, ran cross country instead. Uh, really didn't watch soccer. I never. You know, like my local my local team was the fire. And they either played out at Soldier Field or in Bridgeview. And where I was at, it was going to be, you know, two hours to drive out there. And if we're going to yeah. drive two hours into the city, you know, I was a baseball kid. So it was just going to see, you know, I'd go with my dad to see the Cubs or the White Sox or, you know, we'd go see the Blackhawks, you know, yeah. hockey. Yeah. But um, there were no amateur teams in my area, you know. Um, didn't really see a lot of games on TV either. Right. Um, I mean... The only the only soccer game I can remember seeing as a kid was waking up at like one thirty in the morning to see U.S. Mexico in that O two World Cup. That's really it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, when the team came out here, um, I was a partial season ticket holder for the Madison Mallards, which is the uh, collegiate wood bat league team out on the east side that is also owned uh, by Big Top. Uh, oh, right. So the same ownership group that yeah, Forward Con- has, Connor and Burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And others, um, and when they announced forward, um, I had never been to a professional soccer match in my life. And um, about 
two weeks before the season started, I decided I was going to buy season tickets. And I was like, you know, Big Top does good things on the baseball side, and I want to support Madison Sports. You know, well. and so I, t- I just took the leap, and I I wasn't hooked right away. It was more along the lines of, you know, I pushed myself to watch this team, and, you know, like I, I decided I was going to try to throw myself into it as much as I could, and what really made me stay was the community. Yeah. Um, because back before... Um, before I got into soccer and stuff like that, I did a lot of, um, I ran video game tournaments, Super Smash Brothers tournaments around Wisconsin, um, and worked nationally on tournaments as well. Um, and I had stopped doing that about a year, year and a half prior. I had kind of started to stop doing that, um, just because of my mentality around the game was getting unhealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, but in doing that, I lost the community that I was getting from there. Uh, and the community that I've gotten through the flock and through the team has been incredible, you know, and that wasn't something that I was getting through my other, you know, I have a lot of other good friends, um, but a community aspect is different from f- just having friends. Yep. Um, yeah. And that was something I was missing in my life. And because of that and because I feel like I've helped build this club up since I got in on the ground floor Mm -hmm. um that's I've just kind of been like this is it this is what I want to you know this this is what I want to put all of my effort into supporting and I think as you guys get to know more fans and get to talk to more people you'll see it is that amalgam Mm -hmm. of people from all different backgrounds yeah um, you have diehards like myself who, you know, I've loved this game since I was a little kid yeah. and then played it and then have moved on to now being a fan of this game. And then others that have just coming to it as the new thing. We have people that have never watched soccer. Right. That are in the flock that are now, you know, board members on, that have never watched soccer but got involved because of this club. Yeah. That now are fans because of this club. Mm-hmm. You know, because and a lot of that came about because of they wanted community. Yeah. And so I think... That's something is, you know, um, I think that would be a question I would, you know, I, I, I guess I can transition to and ask now back to you guys is, mm-hmm. is that something that, you know, you, you know, when the, the knowing about forward Madison, is that something that comes about as the community aspect of how involved the fans are here and that you are going to be playing in front of fans that are going to be loud and going to be involved and all right. that kind of stuff. Is that help when it comes to like make determining like that you want to go to a place oh absolutely um i remember getting a phone from j or a phone call from jp and did you have a relationship with jp i did i did jp was the head coach of the oklahoma city team yeah the energy yeah. um and i did a trial there right before i went to charleston mm. and unfortunately they just they had the squad made up already yeah. so i wasn't able yeah. to sign there so it just tells you like how important it is to keep good relationships and um so it was great to hear from him when he called me in the off season but my first thing was to message uh caesar murillo who yep. uh, was yeah. one of, i knew him from playing in dallas yeah Cesar's great and yeah. he's a great guy and so i you know first thing is you know how do you like the club tell me about it what should i know and one of the the best highlight that he had is like how involved the community is yeah. and how many fans you guys get at the games 
and just how much that makes you feel like family, which is something I value a lot, you yeah. know, um, from when I'm trying to look for a team. Yeah. And so that really stood out for me. What about you? Um, like playing for QPR, you yeah. already know that Loftus Road is compact. Yeah. Everything's just togetherness is there. Yep. And then um, I also spoke to my my one of my closest friends, former teammate Arthur Rogers, who plays for Hellstorm, and he's like, bro best fans best community by far in the league and I was like I'm all for it because yeah, I'm so used to that at QPR yeah. right so, yeah it's great um, so we we shared some of our sort of favorite players inspired us did you have any favorite for both of you did you have any favorite players growing up and has, has that shifted to a different person now that you're a professional um, yeah I'll say like when I was growing up before I moved to Spain, I would watch games with my dad. He's a big Boca Juniors fan. Mm -hmm. And so I'd watch those games. Um, and so uh, he used to be the coach for the LA Galaxy. I can't remember. They're a sort of set of twins that would play. Um, so I kind of grew up. When I moved to Spain, when I first moved there, my uncle, he gifted me a Barcelona jersey. And he's mm -hmm. like, now you're a Barca fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The incentive is that we're gonna go to the bar every time they play because at the time you'd have to you like in, in Spain you wouldn't really have the TVs at home right. so right. you'd go to the bars where everyone congregates and so we went there and had dinner every single time and watched the game all together and then it was kind of the same people like kind of what you're talking about so right. it's, it's that sense of community and it was at around the same time that Ronaldinho just got there gotcha and so just watching that <laughs> when you're ten years old you know you're going straight to the park and you're just yelling you know. Ronaldinho, they do like his free kick, you know, yeah. obviously not the same end product. Yeah. But definitely. Attempting at some point yeah. to do some of the, the techers that he, that he has. Correct. Yeah. You know? um, so, and I think that's just what made it so much fun growing up and watching guys like that play. It just inspires you and wouldn't say it's in my game at all, but um, I'd say Ronaldinho is probably my first favorite, you know, player that I really would just uh, made me fall in love with it. Yeah. Was Barcelona the first team you fell in love with too? Definitely, definitely. The culture of how they play the soccer is like the way I like to play soccer. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely just it's just more than a club to me. Yeah. And that is as mes club. Yeah. Um, I mean that's that's and, the that's the quote. Yeah. No. And it, it really is like that. It's not just a slogan for 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 whatever. So um, I never miss any games. Uh, unfortunately, they just lost right before I came over here. So maybe yeah. that's why I was a little bit down because <laughs> we had a good chance to kind of secure the league. Yeah. Um, but you know, it happens. You know, right. So it's nice though that um, ESPN Plus is great. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the, the amount of soccer that you get for five dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you get. I mean, you get championship soccer. You get you know League One soccer. Yeah. You get. You know, a little, you know, La Liga. Most of the U.S. La Liga. La Liga. Bundesliga. Not anymore. Most of the yeah, U.S. Not, they used to get all of the U.S. Right. Until Apple TV came in. Yep. Threw their money around. Um, Old Donnie G. Yeah, you know, Donnie G. <laughs> but you get uh, all the Bundesliga. Yep. You know. It's a lot. Turkish League. Yep. So. How about you, Aiden? Well, for me, I just... I think my generation kind of blessed. We 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 saw everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'd say. How old are you? I'm 23. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Not like you said. You said Zidane. Yeah. More said, Dino, had Messi, Ronaldo, and even watching tape of R9. Mm -hmm. Did you have like one particular player though? 
one that like you that like you had a favorite because like I loved Zan too, but like gotta be honest, like Clint Bensu was my guy. <laughs> like I loved every, I just the way he played. Yeah. Who you know, the fact that like he was an American didn't take any shit, and I was just like, yeah, I like this guy. Uh, I had phases, but if I like like I said, I based my game off Iniesta, so it, it would yeah, be Iniesta. Yeah. But that 2013-14 season of Yaya Torre, yeah. 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 I said what I'm, yeah. trying to, I'm trying to be like him yeah. it's like he gets the ball everyone's just scared because tank yeah, what how can you stop him you tank yeah, yeah. man that's stupid yeah. <laughs> are you a Man City fan at all nah, nah I'm like so my dad brainwashed me to be a, be a Bayern fan so you're a Bayern fan I am a Bayern fan so that's, that's your squad that's my squad but I chose um, if I had to choose an uh, English team it would, it would be Tottenham get this guy out of here <laughs> oh, no, 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 I said Tuxper they just need a little bit of love you know I just feel like Tuxper what's that uh, it's crazy it's crazy you know what <laughs> I, I was I swear like the entire trip that we were down in Chicago on Friday the or just this last week, I feel like I've heard so much shit about Tottenham fans oh. from, <laughs> from yeah. these two. I don't care. My my English team is Exeter, so I could care less. But I'm gonna dig up some dirt on Exeter City. <laughs> yeah. No, I got no, that. Mo- most famous fan is Michael Jackson. Oh, hey, yeah. there you go. Right. I mean, hey, obviously, Fulham's got a history with Michael Jackson too. That is true. Seeing how there used to be a st- everything is connected. There used to be a. Did you, did you know were you around were you alive for this when did you know there used to be a statue of Michael Jackson outside Craven Cottage no I, I didn't even know yeah so it was the, it was not the owner they have now it was the previous owner mm. um, who was Dori El Fayed's father and so but at one point like he actually had like you know a statue of Michael Jackson that's outside crazy. Of yeah I don't know why yeah, he was crazy. just a big fan of Michael Jackson wow. I guess. can you imagine like being a Fulham fan and you just show up the first day <laughs> that thing's there like the yes fuck? I can imagine I was fucking there <laughs> we're like what the fuck is this shit <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like why is this here it's, you know yeah I can remember that yeah yeah. it was the most bizarre fucking thing was, 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 was he was like, he a, a Fulham fan was my Michael Jackson known to be one? No. Dodia Fayed's dad was just a huge Michael Jackson fan. <laughs> and, they were, and, they were, and they were friends. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so, and he put it up because Michael Jackson died in like eight. It was like a memorial statue. Yeah. And yeah. so it was supposed to be kind of like a cenotaph, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, but it just, it was just fucking weird, dude. It was just weird. And it was not like a great statue either and it wasn't like you know that Ronaldo one which wait where he's like you know cockhead but it was not a great Michael it was not a great Michael Jackson statue it is now gone and that's all I give a shit about so you know one thing I was going to ask you Mauro so you're a senior year of high school you scored a game winning bicycle kick to win which went viral to win an extra time that like has like a hundred thousand views on this have video have you not seen this no it's it's a banger I can ass- I can assume he hasn't seen it because Mauro just just like as soon as Andrew brought it up immediately put his, <laughs> put, his, put his hand in his uh, face I mean like, it, it's oh. impressive it's an amazing goal especially for a guy like of your your height I mean because you're 6'5 
Six four. You're six, six four. four yeah. okay. On the announcement, they said six five, and I got so many messages from my friends like, "Well, now you're adding an inch to your height." <laughs> you're already tall, man. Like, come on. You're not in that five. You know, you're not in that five. Six four. Yeah. I see. I I read I read the I read the Wikipedia article and mm-hmm. I saw six four. So I I, I assumed six four. He said six five. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, that's wrong. Yeah, that's wrong. No, no, no. no. Uh, six, six four, six four. What the so, is right there? The truth. But how many six four dudes? You know, they're pulling off bicycle kicks. Not only that, but he used his arm to get leverage off the ground before, like when he kicked it, and it went nice. upper ninety. Yeah. So, I gotta ask you, how often do you think about that moment? Um, it's a lot. I mean, not a lot. I guess it was like a rival it was team kinda, too, right? It was a what? It was a rival team, too, Yeah, right? it was kind of like an in-conference high school um, rivalry that we had. But the funny thing is, like, when I was growing up, I used to be very average size until about 15, where I just grew, like, seven inches, like, one summer. Yeah. Must be nice. So. <laughs> <laughs> not complaining. You see what I'm saying? Um, Over here with my 5'10 ass. <laughs> and so I, w- I used to be, a, I was more of an agile player when I was younger. Yeah. And... I just used to love training bicycle kicks. I remember when I was little, you know, I saw, you'd see these YouTube highlights and people scoring, I was like, so I'll just go out and just throw the ball up, bike it. Yeah. And so, um, I haven't pulled it out yet in training, but I'm not, yeah, I love it. Anytime the ball's in the air and I'm not going to hit it, I always try to do, you know, some sort of acrobatic, um, acrobatic finish if yeah. I can. Mm-hmm. So, I remember when you're growing up, you kind of have goals that, and that you want to, certain goals you want to, and bicycle kick is obviously, I felt like it was one of my dreams. Do you want to pull up um, at some point? And so, definitely, it was a great moment. Yeah. Um, and in the video, actually, when I'm going to celebrate, the person I'm crossing is my dad. So, my dad, he didn't have any rules when it came to what He would come down side by the goal and just sit right. down and watch the game, which you need to be in the stands when you're, you know. Yeah. yeah. Game. <laughs> so, he's, like, running onto the field to come celebrate. I'm like, Dad, get some. going to, like, ban you from the games. Like, I'm like, uh, and the reason I kind of shook my head is I don't know why, but I did the Ronaldo because that's kind of oh, yeah. when he invented this the CU yeah. celebration. I pulled it out and then I was like, "What am I doing? I'm a Barca fan, man!" <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully no one watches this that far because it's kind of towards the end of the video. Um, yeah, but no, it was an amazing goal. It was great, and and I love the golden goal rule. And I oh, yeah. just heard that they took it away from college as well. So yep. I was very excited to we've, hear that. We've discussed this on the show. Um, I have a vehement dislike of penalty kicks. Games that end uh, in I'm like, yeah. I, just, I equate it to say it's like playing basketball. Yeah. And you go to double overtime. And after double overtime, you're tied. So rather than going to a triple overtime... You just have a free throw contest. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's just a shootout in hockey. It's, it's like thing. you know, it's like oh, that was a great game. All right, let's shoot free throws. and We'll determine this game. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I'm like, I understand that like you know you can't have guys playing forever, but yeah. I'm like okay, so then we add substitutions every time Something you go. You, you add a substitution where you can you can bring somebody on. I'm like, but Ooh. golden goal. I've that's always because you see a lot in like in the World Cup, like when they go to extra time, they're really not. They're being trying to be as safe as possible because they don't want to get eliminated. Yeah. So you'll like, see oh, teams playing for penalty kicks. Yeah. They're yeah. playing for penalty right. kicks. So like in those moments, I feel like when you know it's golden goal, like if there's a corner or something, like yeah. you're attacking that ball like no other. Goalie's coming. Up. <laughs> Goalie's so, coming. Up. Yeah. And right? so it's just which then can create an opportunity yeah. under the way for correct, a counter. Correct. So it's just a very fun. I thought it was a very fun rule to have. Um, yeah. In high school. And there college, it is. So. Put it in writing. <laughs> Moro says we got to switch yeah. to a golden goal for everything. We'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> So, um, 
Aiden, so you, we talked a little bit about you growing up in Camden Town. Um, what's the thing that you miss the most about London? Uh, food, friends, wh- what would it be? It would probably be family and friends, yeah. sure. And my mom's cooking. Yeah? yeah what's your favorite thing that she makes? Ooh. If you had to narrow it down. See, my mom's not even f- um, Filipino, but there's this dish in Philippines called pancit. Oh, yeah. Oh, stupid. Oh, yeah, if she makes, if my mom makes that, just know the whole bowl is coming with me. <laughs> and I don't know what the rest of my family going to eat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, pancit and rice. Oh, is that, that like the one thing, like, when you go back and you're going to visit and mom's, in, you know, that's the point moms are, you know, they're hmm. going to make the food that you want, right? I mean, so is she going to make that for you? 100%. Yeah. She going to baby me for the four months I'm yeah. there? Yeah, for sure. But that, that's like the number one thing you're going to ask for? Yeah, yeah, and rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask one more question, just because uh, we talked a little bit about Wrexham last week because Paul Mullins' like goal against Aldershot was. If you haven't seen this, look it up. It's insane. Um, Stupid. Yeah, but as it relates to you a little bit, Aiden, I was wondering if you, when you were at Charlton, I mean, I know you were very young when you were there, mm-hmm. but did you get to work with Phil Parkinson at all? He's, he's the Wrexham manager now. I, I didn't. Okay. I didn't, he was like the senior, one of the senior at team the coaches. Yeah. yeah no, I, I didn't. Okay. Sadly. Yeah. He's a, if you haven't seen welcome to Wrexham, mm-hmm. like he's very like, very interesting guy. Yeah, he seems like a South London coach. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. very, very stoic. Very like takes no shit from anybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Charlton is an interesting team because they were were they in the Premier League, uh, the senior team when you were in the academy. Uh, when I was in the academy, they were in the championship. Championship. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, I suppose what we can do now is actually move on to current soccer talk well a little bit I want to I have, I have one more question for Mauro so this is a, a a while ago obviously so you're your coach in high school I was reading this interview that you did um, Gio Claros mm-hmm. he was quoted as saying Mauro's a laid-back kid not much bothers him he's so laid-back sometimes it's a little bit of a detriment but that's also what makes him so good the speed of the game for him is very slow that's why he sees so much. There's never any rush for him to do anything quickly because he's so composed on the ball. He's so confident you're not going to take it from him. Has your playing style changed at all since high school? Um, you still look, I mean, I've only seen you play at one time, mm-hmm. but you still look very composed, very soft feet, soft touch. Um, do you think that your playing style has changed, evolved over the years? Um, funny thing about Gio is, so he was part of that stuff that I was telling you that I was having a hard time. Gotcha. That's, you know, because he's a very demanding coach. Yep. Um, he's Bolivian. He, you know, he, he's a very hard worker, and he doesn't take shit from anyone. And so it was great to have him as a coach in those formative years for me as a young man is because he's not just teaching you about the game of soccer. Like, he's just talking about life in general. Right. Like, you need to work hard no matter mm-hmm. what the situation is. Mm-hmm. And now me and him are actually best friends. So yeah. anytime I go back to Oklahoma, um, I always see him. He always he usually flies out once a year and catch a game. Um, so we may get a chance to meet him. This yeah, no, he'll he'll That'd definitely he's definitely coming out. Um, but yeah, I love how he just immediately shits on me in the in the yeah. interview. But then he gives me the compliment because he still does that to this day. Um, but no, he he 
definitely sandwich. Yeah, he definitely saw that I needed to add a lot more of my a little bit of aggression and sure. and a little extra hard work because that's you know you can only get so far with talent and in life and in soccer as well so to get to that next level even if at that moment it was college it was like you the college game is very physical and, mm-hmm. and a lot of running so mm-hmm. i think he's just trying to help me with that yeah and, and so i always, always appreciated that but i do take pride in in, in being more of a, a composed player creative player uh possession style so gladly we kept that part of the yeah. game um but <laughs> definitely try to add as much as you know improve my weaknesses as much as possible yeah yeah all right, so let's move on to this this upcoming season. Um, you're new, so obviously being new into a team, um, there's always a you know a transitional period. But have you guys made any personal goals for yourselves this year? Um, and if so, like any overall aspirations that you might have, just individually. I mean, so like, do you have any team goals that you might have? You know, obviously. Wanting to win the whole thing, I would hope is one of those team goals. <laughs> um, but like you know, what are the things that like you know, as, as both an individual and as a member of a squad, that you know, some of the goals that you set for your for your guys this year? Uh, I think for me, it would be an honor to be part of that the best eleven was that team of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah just a couple of times, and I'm more of a like recently I had to change my goals because I'm playing more of a deeper midfielder mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be getting up as much so I'd have to change I'd love to get on the score sheet but I think just assisting so and we'll just pause you right there so in speaking on that would you say that you are more of like that six or would you be more of like an eight I'd, I'd like to be an eight but we just we literally play with two tens two sixes yeah and that's how boss wants me to play I play it that's, yeah. that's no that's no problem which one would you prefer to play the 10 or the 6 uh, see I'm more of an 8 guy because I, yeah. I want to be attacking and I want to be defending yeah like, I'm, I, I'm a true 8 if that yeah. makes sense yeah no that's what's yeah. it's, that's good I'd say personal goal um, I think it would be amazing to since Madison hasn't won the league yet yeah to be part of that first team that wins it because yeah. Especially like guys like you guys, you will never forget the first team that oh, wins it, right? Absolutely. Like obviously, yeah. you guys have good memories of every team that comes through every year. Um, you guys would be heroes. Having yeah, having <laughs> a, a piece in history, even though you know obviously it's a smaller division clubs stuff and lower league stuff. It's I think I would take great pride in that. Um, yeah. So definitely, would number one goal would be to win the championship, um, and I think sure. we have that within the team. Like seeing mm-hmm. how we're training. Mm-hmm. Um, the players that we have and the coaching staff, how well we all melt together. Yeah. It's only been 10 days of training. So yeah, um, definitely that. And then I think my other goal is just to win, but also enjoy the soccer part yeah. of it. Um, coming from Charleston, different culture of club in terms of playing style. So I, one of the things when I talked to him with Matt, I wanted to see the way he sees the game and yeah. the type of play he wants to do. And it really resonated with my my style of play. So, yeah. if we are winning the championship and we're playing that way, I mean, I'll that's the best part of the game. Yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you're gonna win. You're gonna win some fans over having that sort of attitude. <laughs> yeah, and I think too. Um, one of the questions I'll say is like, when's the last time that you guys 
enjoyed like when you were playing the game or it was like because now you're in that that point where it's like it's a it's a job yeah right where, uh, you, where you have that, that that you've had that exuberant joy that you remember as a kid where like this is what I want to do for a living I'd say no personally I enjoy every day literally yeah. we in for that hour and a half and we're done yeah like, how can you not enjoy you're that? like holy fuck I get <laughs> to do this for a living like, <laughs> you're, paying, like you're paying me to, to do this for a living <laughs> yeah that's yeah. yeah. so, no, so, yeah. I, I definitely enjoy it yeah I've always been enjoying it every day every day yeah. every day what about you more I'm I'm sure maybe you can resonate with it um but I think college soccer was kind of the perfect moment yeah because it's you're, you're making lifelong friends yep. in the process yep. and yep. it's not your job yep. I mean there's scholarship stuff involved of course but just winning with your friends like that yeah I mean or just showing up and, and suffering together, like the workouts in college for soccer are mostly to also build yourself as a man yeah not just yeah. for soccer so it's like there's and, no better way to connect with someone and it's the other stuff too right yeah. because you find like not only are you doing like the workouts together and all that stuff but like you start doing classes together yeah like you find like like, yeah. like for me like i was an english guy right like so guys that like on the team that were like doing more english type stuff mm -hmm. we would all take the same classes right and so you just you're ingratiated in that culture and just yeah. like that unit and you you know that brotherhood like yeah. all the time correct right. right correct so i think it's just the the special bonding connections that you that i made at least in college like i will always be so grateful for those and um sorry you guys. <laughs> that's, that's crazy get this man some crazy. food <laughs> <laughs> We gotta do this next time we do this. We gotta know we'll get some food. Yeah, yeah. we've done this. We've, like I said, we fed out. We fed Osmond the last time. Yeah, he came. Here. Yeah, so uh, sausage rolls. Yeah, Craig's. <laughs> yeah. So, looking ahead to Indy Eleven, you've played them before, yeah. When yeah. you were on the Energy and probably on Charleston as well. Yeah, uh, I, I was never on the Energy team. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 try, but, yeah. Um, yeah. But with the battery, yeah, with played. the battery, yeah, yeah we played, played them it. last year. Yeah, because yeah. you guys were in the same conference, same conference, Eastern conference, yeah. and very good team. Yeah, um, they have a lot of resources, and you can tell by the players they sign every year. Right, um, and they do have a good coach and Mark Lowry, so it will be a very good test for us, um, especially three weeks in, and they've kind of been going for a little bit longer than us. Right, so very excited. Um, you know, you don't always. It's nice to kind of start out against these. MLS two teams, but they're you know they're young players. They're not as physical. Like we want to be playing against guys that we're going to be facing in the yeah. league. Yep. So it's going to be a really good test for us. Do you guys feel like on Friday? I mean, knowing that like that team mm. had been together for a while, that you guys had only been together for ten days. You guys held your own. Mm. You guys look good. Yeah. No, what, what were your thoughts on Friday? It was it was good. I mean, yeah, you can just definitely tell like those kids have been playing together, and they have like the automatic movements that, oh, yeah. that yeah. you need that to be yeah. successful in a lot of parts of the game. Yeah. Um, and you can tell that we're still figuring out exactly yeah. what we're doing. And only having ten days, you can only work on certain, so many aspects of the game. Um, yeah. So it was good to hear Matt say that you know we got a lot of work to do, and that's and that's the good part is that if we're right. already kind of putting a, a decent performance together with a lot of work to do. Like that just makes us really hungry for to, sure. to improve in those areas that we need to. Yeah. What do you thought? What do you think about Friday? Friday, <clears throat> for me, it was the week. Like that was my first week. Yeah. With the boys, and I just fit in like a glove. I was just so like happy, grateful, and then on the pitch, yes, like we needed to do a lot of work, but as in 
off the ball because we we like as as a team who wants to be a possession based team, mm-hmm. we were defending quite a bit that yeah. that game. Yeah. So, but it's like like Mara said, we we got a lot to to learn and just got to listen to what, what boss wants really. Yeah. And just trust the process, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Is it helpful for you, like being being here, having other, uh, other London guys in the team? Uh, yeah, yeah, it makes it feel, feel at home. But like the first the first morning, like I'm, I'm, I came came on Sunday night, Monday morning with Mauro with with Julio, like just made me feel at home straight away. I was Good, at yeah. Ease. yeah, man, grateful. Yeah. Good deal. 100%. All right. Lightning round time. Fun stuff. Yeah. I told you about this. Yeah, we'll close we'll close this episode out with this. So you can pick as many of these or as few of them as you want to. Uh, and if you need a reminder as, as to the questions, you could mm. ask that. Uh, what's the last song or album that you listen to? What's your favorite film and why? And what's the last book that you read and did you like it? You don't have to do all three, like we said. Mm-hmm. Just choose one or do two. Or so the last song that we listened to in the car was "Miss Officer" by Lil Wayne. Yeah, great song. Great. You know, to, to get a Off pump. Carter three. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he's coming to town. Yeah, I know. That's what I was telling him. Yeah, uh, my crazy. friend told me last night. That yeah, we actually the event we did last night. Mm-hmm. We actually auctioned off some tickets. Oh. oh, wow! And no one bid on them. And no one bid on them. So I. Pretty sure that I mean it's the same day as the game in Lexington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Easter weekend. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so I won't be there because I'm going to be watching you guys. Come on, so, I don't want to be there now. Nah, we'll be in Lexington. Yeah. Doing, you know. Um. What the other one? Books. Honestly, I haven't. I'm not a big reader. Um. So I, I don't have an answer for that one. What was the other question? Favorite film. And, Favorite film. And why? Um. Favorite film, Prisoners, um, just because I love thriller movies. And, sure. Oh, my God. That movie had me literally could not take my eyes off the screen. Yeah. And it's just such a good story and, and yeah. intense. You yeah. Know, so. It's a good one. Yeah. I'm just mine. For me, it'd be Fast Five because I'm, I'm, I'm family oriented and what? That, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not. If that's not. I love Fast Five. family, man. <laughs> And the soundtrack too? I said, yeah. Y'all wouldn't have guessed that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Fast Five. No. Fast no. Five. It is a, all, I've seen all of the, the Fast and Furious films. It's, you know. It's about family. Yeah. <laughs> so you know the, the main uh, money like owner behind Ford Madison, one of his businesses that he owns is called Speed Core, and they make all the cars. For the Fast and Furious films. No way. Yeah. What? Crazy. Yeah. So, you know, you have connections now. If you want to, you can so, probably book a book a trip out south of Milwaukee and go see their when their they make shop. when they make uh, Fast sixty five. Yeah, <laughs> you you're go. in, bro. Yeah, you're yeah. in, bro. What are we on? Like eleven now? Yeah. Yeah. Something like There's that. a new one coming out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fast Fast ten. Yeah. Fast ten. Oh my god, he needs to stop. They're all that. good though. They're all good. And the numbering, the do, numbering system's insane. But aren't they do like aren't they now at the point where they're like doing spinoff films too? Yeah. Like, yeah. didn't they do, like, a spinoff of, like, the character of, like, Jason Statham in, like, The, Rock, the, Rock, pl- yeah. the Rock and Plane? I forget what the movie, what the film is called, but yeah, it Something is. Something in Gibbs? Something like that. I'm for real. Yeah, I know. I know. Hobbs and Gibbs. That's it. That's it. 
because Hobbs and Shaw. Shaw. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. He's not going to let you disrespect his fellow. Hey, (laughs) nor should he. Yeah, nor should he. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Last, are you a reader at all? The loss. Oh, it would be. It was that book. Oh my goodness, I forgot the name of it, but. It was by Michael Jordan's personal trainer. And then I think it was, oh my gosh. Was it about his training regime, regimen? No, it was, it was about, I, I I read the book and I just disagreed. Well, is that Relentless? Relentless, that's it. And then it just seemed to be like, to be the best, <clears throat> sorry, like after reading it, it's like to be the best, you have to be a prick. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. He like, was not. A, he was not a great dude. <clears throat> no, Michael Jordan, and it's like Michael and Kobe <clears throat> are two guys that sacrificed relationships for greatness and for success. Yeah. I, I think and, that's an, and, and, a, so, a and there is there's an argument to be made <clears throat> for that. Yeah. But then you you have a litany of guys as well that have achieved tremendous amounts of success. Yeah, being relationship space guys. You know, one of them being the guy that you dislike a lot, Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, but he's a re- he built huge relationships yeah. hmm. with his teams, and so he was that he was very focused on building relationships. And Magic Johnson, another yeah. example. Yeah. Guy that you know was all about relationships and team building and being a great guy and being lots of success. Yeah. You know, so there is that 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 conversation to be had there. Yeah, for sure. And, but I think that that was something that you know. Um, didn't come out until after Michael Jordan's career was over. Yeah. As what his person... There was whispers of that when he was playing. Right. What he was really like. Um, yeah, when he was playing, though, like, his image overall was very, like, he's a great athlete, but he's yeah. also a great person that is, like, great to work with. Right. And, like, I don't know... I mean... He had a great PR department. Yes. He did. Yeah. Namely, the NBA. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the NBA was keeping him... Right. Because he was the cash cow. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of those things that you realize when you read something like that, you're like, oh, maybe this wasn't what we thought it was. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, that this is a man that had lots of demons just like everyone, oh, yeah. like, like everyone, everyone, yeah. like everyone else does. You know? Or you could be like Ric Flair and no one likes you. Yeah. And you don't like anybody. Yeah. <laughs> And that's actually how he was. Yeah. And it didn't turn out well for him. No, no. You know, no. But, and I think that that's part of one of those things. It's like when getting into what you're talking about, it's like you read those books. I think to do this for a career, I think there's a certain amount of sacrifice that everyone has to take on. And it's a matter of how much, you know, and I think the higher you go up, the more that sacrifice becomes. Mm -hmm. It. You know, it just becomes a bigger thing. Yep. And so, but you 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 got real somber towards the end here. That's what I typically do. <laughs> you know, I vacillate between like the somber and the good. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Grand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sad trombone. You gonna put that in? Yeah, I'll put that in instead instead of the glasses clinking at the end of this one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. You been listening to any music other than like what we normally listen to? Um. We listened to New Church's song. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, no, not really. I mean, I was putting together 
set list for the event last night most yeah. of this week but that's really not that much different than the stuff i listen to all the time right right 80s and 90s r&b and soul and funk and yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, wrong with that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. well moro aiden thank you so much for joining us today um it's always great again to chat with the new with new guys and you guys uh i'm super excited to see you play more this season um yeah hopefully very 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 good things uh things at least on friday look great but yeah time time will tell good luck against indy this friday um next time we'll probably see is depaul yeah depaul on their hair yeah enjoy your time in indy too when are you guys leaving leave tomorrow mm-hmm. for rockford though okay and then we go to indy on wednesday okay so you'll be in rockford for two days two days and then indy from there and yeah and then back you guys coming back from indy in one day or are you guys gonna stay in coming indy? back friday after the okay. game so, so right after the game get, get on the bus coming back get in the vans yep long day. the vans <laughs> a lot of team Don't bonding in the vans. Yeah, for sure. yeah. okay so before we go then i'll ask um have is there an order to getting in the team vans like it, like it, like has there been an order determined as to who who's in what band? Definitely, definitely starting to. You saw it more this week than the first week. Yeah. Um, you kind of have more of the trial list, kind of one van, and yeah. then you have kind of the the players that have been here a while or are signed. Yeah. And now we're starting to get a formation in the van. It's Mitch in the front, then me and Timmy in the middle front, and then we got Cheney on the sliding door chair because he's by himself there. And then, is it good to have him on his own? Cheney? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just depends. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's never quiet in the van, is the only thing. So you have to invest in some noise canceling over the ear headphones yeah. if, yeah. if, if you're not about it. But no, it's great to have people like Cheney on the team because he just brings out a lot of energy. We yeah. saw that last and, night when um, he came out. Right, that, sure. He was just like immediately telling jokes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like. So immediately him, him and Zemo getting in a bidding war over concert tickets for oh, Nick uh, Cannon mind you okay so we have a good personnel on the team yeah like, personality wise too which is yeah. very important yeah. so good to hear but good but thanks for having us yeah um, I've had a great you. time and it's it's always great to to get to know you guys as well yeah, yeah. Um, yep. makes me feel more connected to the club and that other day that would probably make me run a little extra in the game yeah. so sure. that's Appreciate what we want it. go get yeah. this man some food yeah hopefully we'll have you on again at some point after after a few wins um but yeah good luck in india on friday and uh we'll chat soon Appreciate it. we'll see y'all